When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What a weekend for boxing, as always. Anthony Joshua defends his heavyweight crowns against Alexander Povetkin. Ivan Mendy, Luke Campbell. We've got my asking Lawrence Okolai. And we've got the announcement of Wilder versus Fury on this week's episode of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news. News, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. Hello to you, the podcast listener, and welcome to episode number 49 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Sean Basto, your host, here as always. Now, it's just me this week, I've got no special guests, no Hamed, no DJ Boxing Blog, just me, myself and I on this episode, but I'm excited as always to talk through the reaction from the weekend, and what better place to start than Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Povetkin. So, AJ wins... Fire knockout in the seventh round. So what do we think about that then, guys? Well, I've heard lots of opinions over the weekend about this fight. People saying it was a great performance from Anthony Joshua. It's one of the best performances from him. The way he adapted to Povetkin's style uh, and adapted it to a way where he could look for the mistakes, capitalise on mistakes and finish the fight. We all know how good of a finisher he is and he's shown that yet again on Saturday night. But there's also people saying there's a lot of fragilities with Anthony Joshua. He lets his hands down too many times. He gets caught with too many shots. Let's have it right. He got caught a few times on Saturday night. Now, I said it last week on the preview episode for the Joshua Povetkin fight that Anthony Joshua, in the first few rounds, is going to take a step back and Povetkin's going to be the one that's going to be pressing all the action, the one that's going to be looking for the early knockout because... Essentially, that was his opportunity. That was his chance, if anything, was to stop Anthony Joshua early and buzz him and rock him. And he, he buzzed him a little bit at the end of the first round. We've seen that. I think it was a left hook at the end of the first that buzzed him a little bit. He caught him with it. But 
you know, a little, a little unsteady on his legs. Okay, fair enough. Got caught with a decent shot. He's not an invincible guy. Do you know what I mean? We've seen him go down to Klitschko before. We've seen him been hurt by Dillian White. Everyone thinks he's just this machine that can just walk through anything. He's not. He's a man. He's a human being at the end of the day. He took a little bit of a buzz there in the first round. Took a few too many shots on what we're used to seeing. But at the end of the day, he was in with a guy who is an elite fighter. A guy that had avenged all seven of his amateur losses. A guy that had only had one professional loss to Vladimir Klitschko. You've got to respect that. The guy coming into this fight was an underdog. And nobody expected to Povetkin to come out the way he did. And you know what? To be fair to Povetkin, he came out and gave it his best shot. And his best shot wasn't good enough. Anthony Joshua, as the rounds went on... He looked for them mistakes. You could see he started to relax into it, sort of fifth, sixth round in. He was really starting to relax. He was he was letting that left hand drop. He was waiting for the opportunity. He was trying to go Povetkin to come in to throw that hand right hand and left hook combination. And Povetkin, to his credit, he tried. He didn't succeed. Anthony Joshua got a perfectly timed straight right hand down the pipe. And it was a cracking shot. And that was the beginning and the end, really, for Povetkin. I think at that first knockdown, uh, uh, fair play to the ref for letting it go on. But I don't think it should have done. I think it was finished. He struggled to get up. He was through the ropes at one point. I'm thinking to myself, he ain't getting up here. He managed to make the count. But he was done after that. He was just, you know, the writing was on the wall after that. It was as simple as that. Anthony Joshua picking up that win there. I'm not going to sit here and break down Anthony Joshua's defensive frailties. I'm not going to sit here and break down the Povetkin as a 39-year-old fighter. Let's be honest, I've said it earlier a few minutes ago that Povetkin was a 39-year-old Olympic gold medalist only lost once to Vladimir Klitschko and avenged all seven of his amateur defeats. The guy had a legit resume. Legit. And what people are forgetting is that at the end of the day there was nobody else out there for Anthony Joshua to face in this instance. Perfecting was the mandatory for the WBA title. He had to defend the title. He had no choice. Who else could he have faced? Yes, you're all screaming Deontay Wilder well, you're listening to it. But we knew that weren't going to happen. This on-off saga wasn't going to happen. And the fight is just going to brew even longer and get bigger. And that's something I want to touch on, I think, really next, is is what happens from now. Now Joshua has got another win over another elite-level fighter. We all want to see him in with Deontay Wilder. But let's talk about the fact that Deontay Wilder is now facing Tyson Fury. We've got a date. We still haven't got a venue, which is a bit annoying. Obviously, Frank Warren has just threw that out there on fight day just to piss all over Eddie Hearn's chips. He said earlier on at the start of the week, we don't do stuff like this. We're not childish like that. But at the end of the day, business is business. He wants to rain on the parade. He wants interest to be in the Wilder Fury fight. And that's exactly why he did it. And if you think about it, at the end of the day, he wants to get as much promotion for that fight as possible. And he stole what essentially was the biggest fight in boxing. And he's brought the interest over to the Wilder Fury fight. Now, we've talked about what Joshua's going to do next. Let's touch on that first. Realistically, who's Joshua going to face now? Dillian White is probably the most likely opponent on the 13th of April next year. Eddie Hearn says he wants Wilder. I heard an interview today with Mike Costello on Five Live after the fight on Saturday. 
and I was hearing about the fact that Eddie Hearn was saying, you know, look, we can make a deal with Shelley Finkel. We can t- basically take the deal off Frank Warren for Wilder Fury. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Give it a try, Eddie Hearn. But I don't think you're going to do that, mate. I think this fight's going to come off between Wilder and Fury. Hopefully, it won't be a complete letdown. And hopefully, we'll get the fight between these two. And we'll get a warm-up for essentially what is the biggest fight in boxing. Whether it be Wilder Joshua. Whether it be Wilder Fury again. Whether it be Joshua Fury. We don't really know how this is all going to play out because we've got to look at all the potential possibilities. AJ's next opponent probably has to be Dillian White. Dillian White has earned his stripes to get back up to that level. People are talking about Luis Ortiz. Yeah, I'd agree. If that fight was able to be made between Joshua and Luis Ortiz, that would be another great matchup for Anthony Joshua. Another test of his metal. People will say this time and time again, and I will agree with Eddie Hearn when he says Joshua's only got a 22-fight record. Look at the resume he's got over the past few fights at this stage of his career. Some fighters do not get that resume up until the 25, 26, 27 fights in, maybe even 30 fights in before they get this type of resume. And Joshua's got it now, so he's technically still learning on the job. So you've got to give him credit for that, how he's adapted to the different styles he's been in with. I want to see him face someone like Dillian White again. I'd like to see Luis Ortiz. But I honestly think it's going to be a Dillian White fight because at the end of the day, Dillian White's looked after by Eddie Hearn. So is Anthony Joshua. Easy fight to make. Def- genuine bad blood between them. That's not gone away. A little bit of respect here and there. But there's still genuine stuff to be finished between them, I think. Even though Joshua won the first fight via knockout, Dillian White had an injured shoulder. No, it's not an excuse. The fight could have still gone the same way. But for me, I want to see a fully fit Dillian White. No injury to the shoulder. I want to see if all the experiences against the likes of Parker, the likes of Chisora, all that experience he's obtained over the past two years is going to put him in a different fight with Joshua. Joshua has also improved. Joshua has dispatched of tough opponents. So we could expect a different style of fight from what we did the first time. The first time was very emotional. A lot of emotion attached to the first fight. A lot of bad blood. I think this one, if it happens, would be more about business. Who do I think could win that at this stage? I, I think Joshua's got to be the favourite. I wouldn't count Dillian White out because Dillian White is he's really earned his stripes recently. And everybody's got to give him that credit. You can't not give him the credit for what he's done to try and get himself another world title shot and I think this would be a deserved title shot for him so I'm happy with that I'd rather see the Wilder fight but realistically it ain't gonna happen let's be honest if if tomorrow morning I wake up and I see that Fury and Wilder is off and now we're gonna get Joshua and Wilder in April next year I'll be over the moon I will be over the moon if that fight came off because I've been wanting to see this fight since the start of 2018. The Boxing Wishlist episode that we did, me and Cahill at the start of 2018, we wanted this fight, but we've said all along, politics is always going to play a big part in it. But for me, it's going to be the Boxing Wishlist 2019. That's going to be the one at the top of that list for, for that, depending upon how well it does against Fury. Should that still go ahead and should we get no pullouts or, or any dramas before it comes to the 1st of December? I think Dillian White, like I say, is probably the most logical opponent. If you could think of anyone else to stick him in with in the meantime, let me know at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter because I can't see anybody else who they can put him in with now. The only other name I can think of off the top of my head is Luis Ortiz. That would be the other genuine threat that I'd like to see Joshua in with. 
and avoided man a great fight with Wilder earlier on this year in fact one of the fights of the year with Wilder this year so I'd love to see how Joshua would compare with the Wilder performance and how Joshua would do against Luis Ortiz could he dispatch him would he go life and death with him yeah I'd like to see it but I don't think we're going to get that unfortunately I think what's likely to happen is Dillian White versus Anthony Joshua in April easy fight to sell in Britain easy to sell 70-80,000 tickets at Wembley easy to get box office buys put a decent undercard with it and you'll get even more box office buys and, and I think that's what I want to move on to and talk about in a couple of minutes because the undercard was not very deep and some of the fighters on it weren't very great but that's a conversation for a couple of minutes down the line. I want to finish up on this topic of Joshua versus Povetkin. Great fight. Better than what I anticipated. However, it did go exactly how I thought the fight would go in this instance. I did say last week, Povetkin, he would come out. He'd come out and he'd come guns blazing for the first three rounds. He'd slow down. Joshua would start to take over naturally. And Joshua would stop him, I think I said, between 6 and 10. And he finished it in seven. So I wasn't far wrong with that prediction. I am not a prediction guru. I'm not a boxing expert as sorts. I am a fan that has some knowledge that considers himself to be a little bit above the casual fan and just has that knowledge there to see the fights and how they will play out based on the performances previously, how the fighters' careers have gone because I've watched the careers from start to finish. So I think... I was right, Hamed was right as well, he pretty much called it right as well at the same time, so I think we both agreed that Joshua was going to walk away the victor in this one. Great fight, yeah, I think it was pretty pretty good, it had a bit of drama in it and, you know, it's people were excited about it beforehand, but when the fight was going on, you know, they can imagine they sat on the edge of the seats wondering whether Joshua were going to get chinned or not. So, I think that about wraps it up for the AJ Povetkin fight over the weekend and I think I want to move on now and go and talk about the undercard. Undercard for this show was absolutely garbage. Absolute garbage. And when I was looking at it, I thinking to myself, surely there's got to be some more fights on this undercard. Surely they're not just going to stick these on the pay-per-view on the box office, what everyone's paying to watch. And they did. And I tell you what, I'm not surprised. Again, I say this all the time. I'm not surprised people stream shows like this. Because they're not going to want to pay 20 quid to go and watch this fight. I'm not being funny, but at the end of the day, the card was pretty piss poor. On paper, it was pretty piss poor. The only major fight that people were excited about was asking in a coal eye, which, oh God, that was an absolute stink fest of a fight. It sucked the life out of the crowd at Wembley. It was already pissing it down for most of the time people were there. And then to sit there and be subjected to one of the worst bouts you will probably see in a British boxing ring for a long time. I'm not here to sit here and criticise the fighters as fighters, but the performances were, were poor. Lawrence Okolai has more to him than that, what he's shown there on Saturday night. We've seen him box off the jab and use the jab as a weapon. And for me, on all it seemed like he wanted to do on Saturday night was just getting the clinch with asking. It's like he didn't want to engage with Askin. Not that he was scared of Askin's punch power or anything of that nature. It's just like he didn't want to give any opportunities for Askin to do any type of work. But Askin didn't help himself either because he just stuck to one plan, which was to walk straight down the middle. So he was just going to get clinched up and roughed about all the time. He didn't have a plan B. And Lawrence Okolai, three points deducted in a fight. 
I think that says it all, really, doesn't it? Three points deducted in a fight. I mean, I'm not sure. What is it for disqualifications? I think it's three instances of the same incident, then you're disqualified. I'm pretty sure that is the rule. But there were different incidents, different types of incidents which were causing it. There was the clinching, there was the heads, clash of heads, elbows going in there. So it just didn't look good at all for Coli. It made him regress uh, in terms of popularity. I mean, people were genuinely excited for him. People are genuinely excited to see where he can go. He looks like a beast. He looks like he's, you know, a knockout machine. He looks like he's going to move up to heavyweight one day. But that on Saturday night was absolutely piss poor. And I'm not surprised it stunk the place out because it wasn't a great performance. I am glad to see that Lawrence Okolai has come out on Twitter and criticised his own performance. Fair play to you, Lawrence. You've got some bloody bollocks to actually stand up and say, you know what? Fair play, guys. My performance was shit. It wasn't the best performance. I could have done a lot better. I will do a lot better in the next fight. And that's the type of honesty I appreciate. Because at the end of the day, you're in the prime time spotlight there. Prime time spotlight for a fight. And that's the type of performance you put on. It's on box office. It's being streamed on Dazzon, Dazone, the new network. It's going to be streamed in America. Can you imagine what the American fans are thinking watching this? You know, they already give a shit as British fans as it is. They already are always calling us all the time. And then they see this and they think, yeah, this is just adding fuel to the fire, seeing these types of fights. If you see better fights on small horse shows than you did on that. Do you know what I mean? That, that is ridiculous. Anyway, enough criticism. He walks away the victor in this. Matty Askin probably has the right to be aggrieved about it because he didn't really do a lot of work in the fight. Uh, I can understand why Askin feels like that. He's apparently he's going to lodge a complaint to the British Boxing Board of Control. Don't think it's going to go anywhere. Don't think the board are going to do anything about it. It just felt like a bit like it was all a match because it's a matchroom show. He's a matchroom boy. Team GB, all the rest of it. You know, it was all on in the, written in the stars for him on Saturday night. Either way, don't think Askin's going to get anywhere. I think he's got to go back to the drawing board and think about what he wants to do next. But Lawrence Coley, he needs to really, really go to the drawing board and think about that performance and the effect it's had he needs to think about where he wants to go next i mean this is a guy that's being touted as cleaning up the cruiserweight division imagine him going in with alexander Usyk in that type of a performance you just can't see it happening can you do you know what i mean you really can't see it happening it's not doing him any good when he fights that way he did it against chamberlain not effective not prayer not great to watch nobody likes it that's a second fight in the space of 10 months that's been called a stink fest of lawrence Acolais. so i think he needs to go back and assess what he's doing in the fights because i don't think he does that in the gym and i don't reckon he does that in sparring either i reckon this is just a situation where he's felt like the way to effectively win this fight was to fight that type of a fight but it's just not paid dividends for him and like I said earlier, I give him absolute 100% credit for coming out and admitting it was a crap fight. Fair enough, Florence. I hope you come back and I hope you do 10 times better in your next fight. And I hope I can talk more positively of your fights the next time round. Other fights on the undercard then. Let's discuss them. Let's talk about what we had on Saturday night. David Price, a man that I've always wanted to see do well on Saturday night. Sergey Kuzman. Again, what's going on? <laughs> Another fight that I see seemingly was looking to hot up. And then all of a sudden, the corner's retiring him. He's got a bicep injury, or so we speak, so we say. But, again, I'm groaning and I'm huffing and I'm puffing about it because the fight was just hotting up. And it seemed like the going was getting a little bit tough for both men. And I, 
I can't say I wasn't there in the corner that night. I can't say he didn't or he did have an injury, but it felt like to me he was starting to gas. He was starting to blow out of his ass, and that is why he's been pulled out because we've seen in the past when he starts to blow out of his ass, he gets knocked the fuck out, and he gets knocked the fuck out big time. And for me, it was like his trainer was trying to save him for another day, another payday. And what's frustrating about this is, as much as I love Pricey, when I think about it, I don't think he's deserved any of these shots that he's got on these big shows. He didn't deserve the Povetkin fight. He didn't deserve this fight with an unbeaten fighter, essentially a punching heavyweight that was going on to do big things, stop Joe Joyce and the amateurs. What has he actually done to warrant these big fights? Because I don't think he's done anything. People are going off the basis that big... David Price has got this huge right hand that is going to knock anybody out in the heavyweight division if it lands. You can't just put people into fights based off that theory. When was the last time you had a great performance? Honestly, when was the last time you can honestly say you thought, hey, it was a great fight from Price, that was a really good performance. I can't honestly remember when I thought it felt like he had a last good performance. I mean... John McDermott, Matt Skeller maybe, you know, them type of fighters. Guys that are just club-level fighters that, you know, have... Well, respect to Skeleton, he was British and European. But guys that are not on that level as what he's supposed to have been at. But yet, he gets in with all this potential and, for whatever reason, just not fulfilled it. And for me now, it's time to go and call it a day. I don't think it's the right thing for him to carry on, but I'm expecting another big payday for him. I'd love to. I'd love for Pricey to have done something in heavyweight boxing in the world stage, that is. But it's never going to happen now. I just want to see him retire. I want to see him go away from the sport healthy, safely. Go and use your wisdom. Go and use the skills that you do have and take it to a boxing gym and teach young prospects, young fighters to come through the system. That's what you should be doing now. You should be going away, staying within boxing because he's got a future in boxing in that respect. He was on Team GB. He was an Olympic medalist. Come on, you've got to give the guy credit where it's due. At the end of the day, the man has got some accomplishments on his record. I'm not saying he's a washed up shower of shite because he's not, but I don't think he's got anything left to give in the heavyweight division and that to me on Saturday night felt like they were pulling him out just to give him one more payday Eddie Hearn might give him another payday I don't think he deserves any more big paydays now I think he needs to call it a day and start thinking about life after boxing and how he maybe can give back to the sport in other ways so there you go my rant about the David Price fight I was just genuinely gutted that he just got pulled out and all this could be true about the injury. I'm not disputing that fact, but it just seemed a bit weird how he started to gas, maybe starting to struggle, could have been knocked out and he gets pulled out and his trainer seemingly saving him from another highlight real KO loss. That's what it seemed like to me. Whether or not he had an injury, if he did, I've seen other people go on and fight with dislocated shoulders, dislocated arms, broken hands for a lot longer so to me that, that that did feel very much like they were pulling him out to stop him getting knocked out other fights on the card then Luke Campbell Ivan Mende the rematch final eliminator for the WBC lightweight crown but not a lot I can really say about it to be honest I think it was a good performance from Luke a very controlled performance uh, dominant in parts boxed Mendy's head off shown he has got skills and great skills but I feel like I'm being so negative today. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The big butt that's coming here is at 31 years of age, which is what he's just recently turned, 
Can you honestly say he will win a world title now? Do you honestly believe he could go in against someone like Vasil Lomachenko, against someone like Mikey Garcia? Do you think he could honestly go in and beat some of these guys for a world title? Because based on what I've seen so far in his career, I don't know if he could beat him. Maybe he could hang with him and have good competitive 10-12 round fights. But I don't think he's going to beat these guys. I don't know. I don't know if we've already seen the best of Luke Campbell. Maybe in the Lonares fight. Maybe that was his best. I don't know. Yeah, it remains to be seen. We're not seeing the best of him. I don't think. But I don't know if we are going to ever going to get to see the best of him. Great performance against Mende. Don't get me wrong. You boxed the guy's head off. But what's Mende done of note? Let's be honest. What has Mende done of note previously? After he beat Luke Campbell, what has he done since then? Nothing of note. So. If he's beating guys like Mendy and having a bit of trouble with him at times, how is he going to get on against these big big boys? I mean, honestly, how is he going to do it? I honestly don't think he's ever going to reach that level that we want him to reach. And I feel like I'm being so negative about our British fighters, but I'm just being honest. I want these guys to succeed, but I genuinely don't think that's going to happen. I think some of these fighters now have, have got to the pinnacle of their careers and Matchroom and Eddie Hearn do a very good job of, of selling sand to the Arabs. They do. They, they could sell uh, a, de- a dead horse, flogging a dead horse is the saying. Eddie Hearn's a master at doing that. He's a master at doing it. He could sell you a fight against two homeless people from the street and make it into something. That's the type of guy he is. He could do something like that. Fair play to him. He's a great salesman, great marketer. But he's, 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 again, getting frustrated because I don't think some of these guys are ever going to get to the level we want to see them at. Eddie Hearn does a great job of trying to push them up there, of trying to promote them in that way and give the anticipation and the expectation of that. But in reality, sometimes they never even get past British level, European level. And we're going to see that potentially in the future. I mean, I'm not referring to other fighters here, but look at what he's doing with Lewis Ritson at the moment. Everybody thinks Lewis Ritson is the real deal. But what if he moves up a level and he gets found out at that level? Because of the way he's been promoted, everyone is buying into the fact that they think he's an amazing fighter, that he's going to go on and and be a world champion one day. He could very well be that world champion. I'm not disputing that. But what I think is people buying into the fact that Eddie Hearn's very good at his job and he's very good at selling us fighters that may not be at the level we actually think they are. I think for me, the people that know about these fighters are the people that see these fighters from day one, that see them in the gym, that see them at fights, they see how they progress and see how they step up in the levels against certain opponents. And I think that's how you can kind of determine whether they will be a world level fighter or not I'm not using Louis Rickson as a scapegoat here but he is touted as the next big thing with Matt Drew the same way Sam Eggington was and look what happened to him a few weeks ago that could happen to any of these matchroom fighters that have been churned through the sausage machine that is matchroom that could easily happen to any of these guys for me anyway not to rant on too much more about it. It wasn't a great card. Uh, the overall fight, Povetkin, Joshua, decent fight. Uh, asking a call, I stunk the place out. Mendy Campbell, bang average fight. And then you had David Price and Kuzmin. Again, disappointment. It wasn't a great card, really, when you think back to it. It's probably one of the worst cards Matchroom have put on for a little while, which is a shame, really. And then this is why people stream it. This is, you know, this is why they do it. This is why people watch it on a stream live somewhere else. Because honestly, you don't want to pay twenty quid to watch something like that. But you can't always predict it. That's the thing. You cannot always predict that fight and that card is going to go down the way it did on like on Saturday night. 
that could have been the greatest card in the world if all them fights would have come off how we would have wanted them to come off. It could have been the best 20 quid you've ever spent. Just depends, doesn't it, on what happens on the night, I suppose. So, let me move on then. Enough about ranting about that card from the weekend. Let's move on and let's just talk about what else is going on in boxing. I thought I'd mix it up a little bit actually this week's episode because you've got a really structured episode every week where we've got the boxing history stuff, news and gossip, all that type of stuff. But I just want to mix it up a little bit and make it a bit different for the pod this week, I think. And with it being just me, there's only so much you can talk about when you're on your own because you're talking to a microphone with nobody else around you and you're talking about a subject where you're not really getting an answer back from people. You're kind of having to argue both sides of the coin. But hey-ho, that is the joys of podcasting. I love it. I love the fact that you guys listen to it. So I'll move on and move on to this weekend. So I can't think of any big fights that are coming on this weekend. Uh, there's a lot of local shows, and I'll give them a big shout-out first and foremost. So I'm going to be at Kieran Farrow Promotions, Rolling the Dice show in the northwest at the what was known as the Macron Stadium, Bolton Wanderers Football Stadium. It's been changed to something else now, I think. He's got the show at the Hotel Suite there. Uh, It's a great show. I think there's about 10 fights on the card. Lots of local prospects. Some great prospects. Two central area title fights as the co-main events. That's going to be a great fight. You've got George Brennan. You've got Lee Clayton. You know, two Kieran Farrell's fighters that he's managed to promote to a level to get the central area shots. You've got Safe Chima. Uh, you've got Sam Hyde, Joe Gallagher's fighter. You know, it's quite a few good variety of fighters there. So that's going to be a good show to attend. Uh, VIP Boxing Promotions got one on in Liverpool as well. So they've got a few Liverpool local fighters on the card there. So that's going to be a decent show on the Saturday. Worldwide-wise, we've got on Friday night in America, it's a top-ranked show. You've got Herwin Ankaraz defending his IBF WB... Uh, WB... <laughs> IBF... World Super Flyweight title against Alejandro Santiago Barrios. Suck at that, I got one right without even messing it up. That's on Friday night, early hours Saturday morning. We've got Jose Uzdekata guy, who's mandatory for James DeGale's previous title, the IBF title. He's fighting on Saturday as well against Ezekiel Osvaldo Moderna. You've got that. So there's two fights maybe for the hardcore boxing fans. If you want to check out some fights on Friday, Saturday morning, you've got some good ones there. You've got some other great fights going on actually in America on Friday. You've got nine. 19-0 prospect, Devon Haney. And if you don't know Devon, I think you need to go and check him out on Instagram and on social media. He looks like the next big thing. He's in the lightweight division. He's fighting for the vacant IBF North American lightweight title against Juan Carlos Burgos on Friday night. So that's a great step up for him in terms of fat level of fighters that he's been fighting recently. Burgos has fought Garcia back in 2014 Mikey Garcia that is so there's a a notable name on his record so there's a good fight there on the Friday night so it's America's got some great fights on coming up on Friday night so I try and catch up I think Box Nation are actually covering some of these from what I remember I think everyone's seen on social media a few title fights that they've got coming up I think this might actually fall under the category for that so it's probably worth checking them out and like I say Saturday there's no major major fights on on Saturday and I'm looking through box rec as I'm speaking because knowing my luck I'll have missed one out and there'll be a massive fight on but off the top of my head as I'm as I'm looking I honestly can't remember 
any major fights that are coming up this Saturday. Obviously, I've just been talking about Kieran Farrell's card. He's got some great car, uh, great fights on there. We've got uh, another show down at York Hall. It's another uh, great promotion there from British Warrior Boxing Promotion. Chris Congo, 9-0, good one to look out for. Jess Smith, 10-0, another good fighter to look out for there. Uh, a little mixture of cards there going on on Saturday. Luther Clay as well is also fighting on the Al Siesta card, which is in Bracknell on Saturday night in the UK. Uh, another show in Walstenholm with Boy Jones Jr. So, yeah, there's quite a lot of local local cards going on, uh, on, on on Saturday night. And I think it's good to, to keep up with that, to see the next l- British prospects that are coming out. Because we don't get to see all this, unless you're a follower of all these local shows up and down the country... You, you only get to see them when they come through the big promoters, like your Frank Warrens and your Eddie Hearns. So, the thing is, if you want to support boxing, and you live in the London area, plenty of shows going on. If you want to support boxing and you're in the Northwest area, two shows going on there as well. So, power to supporting local boxing. There is one fight on in America on Saturday night, Sunday morning. It's the return of Jorge Linares against Abner Cotto. So, Linares trying to make a comeback on the comeback trail. How much longer has Lenares got left? Honestly, does anyone actually think he's got enough left in a tank to maybe go in and have another major fight? I mean, he lost to Lomachenko in one of the fights of the years in May this year, but I just don't know where he goes from here, to be honest with you. I mean, he's he's a good fighter. Still hang it up there with some of the best in the lightweight division. Who would he fight next? At this moment, I couldn't honestly say, to be fair. I don't know who would suggest he would fight next. But there, there you go. Jorge Linares. I knew there was one I was missing out. I just had this feeling where there was a bit. There was a big named fighter fighting at the weekend that I'd completely forgotten about before I put the podcast on. Other than that, there isn't really, really any major fights coming up this weekend. So we're gonna head over and we're gonna talk about what's been going on in news this week and why we're gonna be talking about for the next couple of weeks. So today it's Monday. I'm recording it, 24th of September 2018. Today was the press conference in Manchester for Tony Bellew and Alexander Usyk. Now I really wanted to be there today, but. I have a full-time job for people that don't already know. I work full-time, support my family, live my life. I didn't get a chance to get there, unfortunately. I'd love to have got there today and captured a few interviews with the guys. But they were there today. Lomachenko was there today. Anthony Crawler's fight with Del Jordan has been announced, finally. Uh, the Ryan Walsh-Isaac Low 2 fight and the Joe Cordy and Scott Cardle fight have been announced for that undercard, which we did say we'd heard about last week. So them fights have been announced. At the press conference today, Anthony Crawler said he's not disrespectful. He wouldn't really call people out. But if he ever wants to fight in England, he'd love to fight Lomachenko if he wins on November the 10th. So that's an interesting one. I, I did say last week I wouldn't want to see that happen. I'm sure Anthony Crawler, bless his soul, would love to get that massive fight. It's a massive opportunity for him to share the ring with a great such as... Vasil Lomachenko so fair play to him for doing that you know I totally understand why he'd want to do that from that perspective you could go in that and, and call it a day because I wouldn't expect him to, to, to get to beat Lomachenko I really wouldn't that would be a, a step too far for me so what else has been going on well we obviously talked about it at the top of the show Wilder Fury's finally been announced but we've still not got a venue 
which is leading a lot of people to believe that this is not actually going to come to fruition. It's debatable. They're talking about Las Vegas, and the only two places are Caesars Palace, if that's still a boxing venue over there, and MGM. So the MGM's a likely place where it'd be held. And why have they not announced it yet? Have they not secured it? Have they not even got that far? Are they just blowing smoke? Is it just smoke and mirrors at the moment? I honestly don't know. It's hard to say, because you want the fight to be officially announced. I mean, let, let's go back. BT Sport are actually advertising it on a poster for the 1st of December, but yet they're not actually confirming a venue yet. So surely they've got to have had this f- f- fully signed and they just want to announce the details bit by bit, drip drop, dri- drip drop, you know... We'll just have to wait and see, I suppose. Let's go back to some of the comments made by Eddie Hearn about Tyson Fury over the weekend. I'm quoting here. He said, I don't want to be disrespectful, but Tyson Fury is the most unentertaining fighter I've ever seen. Fury versus Wilder is a really good fight to find out who the second best heavyweight in the world is. I have heard him say this, actually, on an interview. Again, the same one with Five Live and Mike Costello. He said that he's not an entertaining fighter. All right then. All right, I get I get his point. He's not in exciting fights. They're not exciting for the casual audience, which is what Mr. Hearn caters to a lot of the time. But from a purist perspective, he's a brilliant fighter. He's a brilliant fighter because he the footwork, the head movement, the way he can get out of the way of shots, the way he made Klitschko. Well, what can I say? The way he completely negated Klitschko and what he did in that fight. People were saying Klitschko's having enough night. I don't believe that at all. I honestly don't believe that. I think that's a lot of bullshit, to be honest with you. I'm calling bullshit on that. Because I think he just... He was a bigger guy. Longer reach. Klitschko wasn't used to dealing with fighters like that. Great footwork, great head movement, all the rest of it. Great performance. Fury could do that on his day to anyone in the heavyweight division, I think. But if he gets caught and goes down, would he get back up? Now, we've seen him get dropped off Steve Cunningham. We've seen him get dropped off... Is it Nevan Pajkic? I think he got dropped off him as well. So we've seen him get dropped before, but get back up. The likes of Wilder. If Wilder landed a big bomb on him, would he get back up after that? I don't know. And that's a question that is yet to be answered. So in terms of being an unentertaining fighter, Floyd Mayweather, let's compare that guy. He wasn't always an entertaining fighter, but he was the one of the best at what he did. He frustrated fighters. He hit them, and he made them miss, and he made them pay, and he moved around the ring, and he had the footwork, he had the defensive skills. Personally, as a fan, I, I like the toe-to-toe style action, but I, I've appreciated the purest side of boxing over the past few years. And I can appreciate when someone puts that much work into not getting hit, but being able to hit and score points and win fights, I can appreciate that as well. Tyson Fury is that type of guy. He is not saying he's Mayweather, by the way. I'm not comparing him to Mayweather, but I'm just saying Mayweather was in a lot of un- unentertaining fights. Tyson Fury is the same guy, yet but a heavyweight division. He just doesn't let the guys get to them as much. He, he uses his head work movement, he uses his footwork to get away from them. The last couple of fights of his have been a bit shit. I'll admit that. I'm not going to lie about the fact that they were shit. I want to see him in with a better level of opposition, preferably before fighting Wilder, but if this is the fight he wants to take and it's the fight he needs to take at the right time, then fair play to him. A fully fit Fury, could he beat Wilder? Yes, I think he could outbox him, but if Fury gets caught with one of them big bombs, I don't know whether he's going to get back up. Wilder's record suggests he may not get back up, so we'll see. If that fight comes off. It's an exciting fight. It steals the limelight from Joshua and Wilder. 
But it also brings boxing fans what they want. They want to see genuine 50-50 heavyweight fights. Anthony Joshua's opponents have not always been 50-50, but that is down to the fact that Eddie Hearn can only put him in with whoever he can get hold of at the time or whoever's mandatory, and I appreciate that fact. But we're at the point now where there's nowhere else for these guys to go anymore. So they've got to fight each other. Whether the promoters don't want to work together or not, they've got to make it happen. Otherwise, we're going to end up with fights that never happened. Like Mayweather-Pacquiao that happened five years too late. Or Junior Witter-Ricky Hart that never happened. Or Riddick Bowe versus Lennox Lewis that never happened. They're the type of fights that we always wanted to see that never happened or happened at the right time so it could end up being like that and that's not what we want to see is for boxing and as boxing fans so we're just hoping that the fight with Wilder and Fury does definitely go through we get the venue we get the fight we get excited about it and we get to see who essentially is the other big heavyweight star in the division and where it will go if Fury beat Wilder and if the Fury versus Joshua fight ever came off it would be interesting to see that happen. Well, let's have a look then what's happening in other bits of news. A lot of the talk over the weekend is obviously about Joshua, about Tyson Fury, about potential Dillian White fight. There's so much going on at the moment. It's it's absolutely ridiculous with the amount of fights that are, are, are being lined up. And this boxing season is, is lining up to be one of the best ever. And it's not something I've touched on, actually. I think I do want to touch on that a little bit with the fact that you've got Alexander Usyk and Tony Bellew, Frampton versus Warrington, uh, Ryan uh, Walsh versus Isaac Lowe's a great fight in the new season. Wilder Fury, another fantastic fight in the new season. You know, potential the potential for this boxing season is is immense. It's absolutely immense. There's so much that we can get excited for this boxing season. I'm genuinely excited for where everything goes and and what ends up happening between now and sort of January to March next year. I am genuinely excited for it because I think there's so much to, to, to think about with with the divisions and potential fights that are going to potentially come out of all this. So I think it's... Uh, I, 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 well, let me think about what else is going on. I'm talking about fights. I'm talking about fights that are coming up this weekend and I've just realised at this point in the podcast, Groves and Smith? How the hell have I forgot about Groves and Smith on the 28th? What a numpty. What an absolute numpty I am. And I'll admit that because I was actually talking about it in work today with one of my colleagues about this fight on Friday night. I was thinking, yeah, I can't wait for that. It should be a decent fight. Let's quickly get to it then. George Rose and Callum Smith. What's going to happen in this one at the weekend? Well, it's it's a fight that I think a lot of people are favouring George Groves for because of the way he has had this career resurgence and he's been able to dismantle his opponents and break him down systematically look what he did to Chris Eubank Chris Eubank was actually in a lot of people's eyes potentially the favourite going into that fight and yet George Groves just dismantled him broke him down round by round Callum Smith I mean, he didn't have the greatest path in the World Boxing Super Series, did he? I mean, he fought Scotland, which was a bit of an up-and-down fight for him. And then he fought the late replacement, Nicky Holskin, which you'd expected him to win that one. And then he gets Smith in the final. Uh, Smith in the final. He gets Groves in the final, sorry. And I think, for me, this this fight is going to go down 
in one way and that is a Groves win and I, I could I could see Groves stopping Callum Smith you know later on in the fight I could see that happening um, I've seen a little bit in in Smith's defences from the Scoglund fight where I felt like Scoglund was actually nearly close to, to, to really rocking him and potentially stopping him and I think if Groves lands one of them chocolate right hands of his onto the button of Smith I think he'll be really tested. And I think that's something that Smith's not really been throughout his career. He's, he's tested big time. We've not seen him really be chin-checked. Or we've not seen him hit the canvas really, have we? We've not seen him in any, any adversity, so to speak. The most adversity we've seen him in was that fight with Scotland, where he got a busted nose. That's boxing for you. Oh, we want to see some adversity, so it's hard to say. People are also saying Callum Smith's going to go in there and box grows his head off on Friday night. I honestly don't think that's going to happen. I can see people's points of view, but I do genuinely don't. I genuinely believe that ain't going to happen. I think Groves is too schooled of a fighter now. Too, he's a le- for me. He's, he's a level above boxing. Is about levels, and I think Groves is a level above Smith. And um, people might not agree with that, but you know what? That's my opinion. I'm entitled to that opinion. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has got one. So Smith beating Groves? No, I can't see that happening. Fair play, if you are one of those, I think that's going to happen. But I just think Groves is just too good. I think his timing, his accuracy, his power will be a telling factor on Friday night. But I just can't believe I've even forgot about that fight. What an ass I am. It was a great fight that I've been thinking about actually through today. And I'm getting that wrapped up in myself. You know that this is what happens when you have no structure to the show. When you're just going off the cuff and you're just going, going for it. This is what happens. Normally, I sit down and I prepare everything in advance to sit down and top, topic the show. But today, I just wanted to go freestyle on you. And I just wanted to talk about things as they came to my mind. And my opinions and my thoughts on them. But Groves and Smith, I can't remember what time it's starting on Friday. I've got a feeling it's something like 6, 7 o'clock in the evening. It's in Saudi Arabia. Weird, weird place to be having the Super 6 final. Or World Boxing Super Series final. But... Saudi Arabia, what can I say? Everybody wants to go over there at the moment and, and spend the money over there. And I think it's because Saudi Arabia have got a lot of rich people and a lot of rich people are putting the money up. And guys like the Sowellans are not going to say no to it. It happens in, in other sports or other professions where they want people to come over to Saudi Arabia and, and put these events on. But yet we're not going to get any ring girls. We're not going to get certain factors that we would if it was hosted somewhere else. Will it take the shine away from it? Possibly. I don't know if it's going to be the same final it would have been if it would have been, say, in Manchester or in London. But it's still the final. We're going to get a super middleweight winner and then we're going to see what happens from there. Great fight. Excited for it, but not so excited about the fact that it's in Saudi Arabia. So, ever got anything more to add for this week's episode? Probably not. I don't think there's a lot else I can really discuss on this week's episode because we've talked about what's going on and, and what people are talking about in the news and other than what I've already discussed there's nothing that's really come out major over the past couple of nights and it's all about the Joshua Povetkin, Fury Wilder, Alexander Usyk, Tony Bellew's press conference today there's not really a lot else going on as we speak so We'll have to just wait and see what happens over the course of this next week. And then maybe next episode we will get a overview of what's going on. I think I will do a full episode later on in the week. A full preview of Groves and Smith. And just not just this off the cuff. And I'm going to probably get Hamed back on to do that with me. Do a full breakdown and analysis and prediction of how that's going to go down. But I haven't got anything else to add this week. 
I probably want to finish the podcast episode up by saying to you, go and have a listen to the James Bond Crusher Smith podcast that I did, The Life and Times of James Bond Crusher Smith. I put that on on Thursday, so if you've not caught it yet, go and have a listen to that because it was a great interview to hear about his fights with Larry Holmes and Mike Tyson. Great stuff on that one. Got some more of them coming up. Really excited for them as well. In terms of anything else that we've got coming up, yeah, preview show for Groves and Smith. Probably do that Thursday this week. Uh, back to the normal episodes next week. And it's nearly our first birthday. Beyond the Rocks Boxing Podcast first birthday. We've been going a year, near enough to the day. So I'm going to do a little special on that one as well. And probably going to get a special guest back on for that one. Because it is an exciting time. It has been a great year for us here. I'm really excited to continue for the next God knows however many years we're going. But I've really enjoyed the journey so far. And I'm going to continue to enjoy it as we go along. So, you know where to find us. At BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter. Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast on Facebook. Get it over to the Podbean website. www.beyondtheropesboxingpodcast.podbean.com And you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Player FM, YouTube. You can find us everywhere where you want to. And as always, we've got the Patreon account. If you enjoy the episodes that we do and all the different types of episodes that we do, the previews, the standard episodes, the life and times of, we've got extra additional episodes recorded specially for the patrons. If you can donate $1 or 80p in UK money, that would help us cover the podcasting fees and it would help us deliver more episodes on a weekly basis for you. So that's it from me i hope you've enjoyed it if you've not enjoyed it just tweet me and let me know because i felt like it's been a bit all over the place today because i've had no structure to the show but if you have enjoyed it and you thought this is a better way of me doing it let me know i am i am open to changing things i am open to changing things up a little bit if you don't like the format i've been doing it in and you prefer this format just tweet me tell me i'm not offended twitter's full of assholes don't get me wrong, people have got an opinion on everything and anything. So if you don't like something I'm doing, tell me because I'd like to make it better for you as a listener. I want to make it enjoyable for you when you're listening on your commute or you're listening at work. I want to make it an enjoyable experience and I want you going away thinking, you know what, he knows a little bit about boxing, this guy, but it can be a bit funny at times. It can be a bit of an arse at times. I don't care, just tell me. I enjoy it. I enjoy the thing. I'm doing it off my own back because I enjoy it. So I'm not offended by any sort of criticism people have got to make on it. So that's me. That's wrapping it up. Hope you have enjoyed it. If you've not, let me know. But peace out until the next time. for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.